Okay. Uh, hello and welcome to our. Don't say it. We don't know what episode. We don't know. It is. We don't know. We've welcome to our Going to Gigs podcast with myself, Gregory Harrison, Graham Jordan, Elliot Marius, and our very special guest today, Mark Gear. Hooray! <laughs> Thank you for coming. More, more. <laughs> Mark, what got you involved in Guernsey music scene? Oh. What first got you involved? What first? The Guernsey music scene, I lights the spark for you. Everything, everything goes back to me to when I was at school. Um, the we did a, a music project, and um, so you how old roughly? How old? I would have been 11, 11 slash 12. Okay. And um, Johnny White was uh, our music teacher at the time. He's no longer with us. And he, he set up some things for us to do. And one of them was to go and see um, a local band, Ponder's End, rehearse. And we Pond, Ponder's End? Ponder's End. Who was in that? Pete Frampton, uh, Peter Bertrand, Shay Taylor. And there was a fourth member. But nobody Probably know. the drum. No, 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 wasn't. no, wasn't. no <laughs> nobody knows about John. No one we don't mention him. Um, he was like the keyboard player in Queen. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so um, we went to see them rehearse, and I think it was at the Granary um, where I had my first booze. Yeah. Yeah. I remember waiting, waiting to get in, um, and the Granary was up these steps, and um, Hang somebody. On, we were 11, you said. Yeah, I, I don't, didn't say it was then. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. That was the location. Mm, yeah. <laughs> It was, yeah, it is. I, I just, it's, you, know, you, have, you have memories and you think, oh, yeah, I remember. Somebody passed this big flagon of Merry Down Cider. Oh, that's uh, and it was going up and down. And it was sort of like, it, uh, the second time I went up, I thought, oh, give it, I'll have a swig of that. And it was like, mmm, <laughs> how can I spit this out without anybody noticing? Oh. <laughs> so anyway. This apple juice tastes weird. Yeah, I wouldn't do that now. So, so now I'm really pleased that uh, Rockets are sponsoring some of the gigs this year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it, we went. We saw that. The other thing that we did, and I, and I was just alluding. So was that inspirational for you? Them, you, you, you going to see Ponders? Oh end, yeah, that uh, was very much that so. was you go. That was like a light bulb. Uh, moment it was. For you. I, I, I think they're all light bulb moments. Um, you know, I'd, I'd got a guitar for Christmas, and um, I went to see uh, my first, well, my first and probably only only music teacher, um, guitar teacher as such, was a was a gentleman called Mr. George Mabier, and he was in his 50s at the time um, he was a brass musician um, used to play in the Salvation Army's band uh, lovely guy and, and um, he, he, I went the first week and I think there was, a, there was two or three other girls and myself and he showed us some stuff and um, anyway he, he showed me some stuff and I went home and did it all and I went back the next week and he said what have you learnt and I showed him all the chords I'd learnt and all the other chords that I'd picked up from somewhere else I, I can't remember that we didn't have Google in those days and, um, <laughs> but, but computers hadn't been invented oh, yeah, mate, they hadn't. that's right but um, we were on still on black and white telly <laughs> <laughs> have to look it up on your calculator <laughs> back in the back in the day when the world was completely black and white yeah. and, and there was quieter. no colour and flat yeah. <laughs> it was flat as well <laughs> apparently it's becoming flat again oh, really? yeah, oh, according, to, according to the internet uh, right well, well, oh, yeah it's, it's liberation <laughs> go for the end yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, one of the other things uh, well that, that was uh, so it started off doing that and and um, Actually, I think this is sort of possibly why I ended up sort of being a guitar teacher because um, 
he said then, then to the other three girls, you know, what have you done with it? And, and they didn't really have much of an idea. And he said to me, if you take this this girl that knows a bit and show what how you did it, and then he took the other two and then showed them. And the third week I went, he said, I can't really show you anymore. He said, you seem to have learnt it. So I said, that's great, thank you very much. <laughs> and, and, and it sort of went from there. And... The other thing, as well as going to see Ponder's End, um, you know, we, we, we'd go to see, uh, you know, ever since I started, all I, I go to gigs and watch bands. That's it, full stop. And um, I don't talk to people. You know, I find somewhere where it's, a, you know, a, somewhere where I can lean yeah. and where I'm comfortable, and I just watch. And I did that for years at the Savoy. And, um, oh, the Savoy Club, mm, yeah. You know, that, that was it. We watched all the English bands that came over. I mean, that was just tremendously educational. Um, but but going back to the the um, the, the music week, the the other thing that, um, that that Johnny White and I think also Warren Barrett did one as well. He was our biology teacher, but he was also um, he used to play in the Roy Evans Combo. They used to play at the Miramar, which is the hotel that's just down the road from Jeffrey's, and he took us there to see their setup. And he had his Hammond organ there and that whatever. And he had this Binson PA system. And they're like, wow, look, we have the new, wow. very new, first <laughs> ever PA system, that, you know, especially for, for, for singers. Because, you know, I said it had full volume knobs and reverb. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was just, just things that we'd sort of, you know, forever take for granted. And, um, and so that, that was, you know, wow, it was great. And it sort, of, it sort of went from there. And then I sort of spent the rest of my time watching bands. Mm. You know, trying to play... My, my first gig was in 1970 on the Val Regatta. Uh, no, S- S- Samson's Regatta. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And that was on top, of, um, on top of the shed, which is by the bus stop, where the bus stop is now, on the harbour side. Oh. They, they built us a stage on top of this tin tin shed. <laughs> you couldn't do it now because health and safety wouldn't let you do it. Do, no. And then we were up there, and I just I remember it vividly. You couldn't get a PA license for that either. No, no. no. Oh, well, that's, I guess that's another one. <laughs> um, but but uh, but yeah, I think that was that was the first gig, and I think the band was Exodus. I believe. Great name. Oh, it was it was a great name, and uh, we didn't go very far. I think we went back to Bordeaux. Exodus <laughs> movement of the tin shed. Are you really? Yeah, absolutely. I was just yeah. thinking what what drums would sound like on a tin shed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's every sound engineer's worst nightmare. It's like big booty isn't it? Well, you didn't have a PA anyway. You had um, uh, uh, your microphone was plugged into your guitar amp because you had two inputs on your guitar amp, and you thought the second one was for your microphone. Yeah. <laughs> that's you a know. fair assumption. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. but, but that, that's, well, that's, that's what you used to practice. That's what you did, yes, yeah. that's what you did. <laughs> and um, it, it, it was, you know, years later, we, we had our own proper PA system and that you had a hole for your microphone. And in um, 82, I sort of started off at the, the folk club. Went to the folk club and, like, um, he's not with us anymore, but um, Graham Hyatt, and uh, his mate Nick Naftal were, were stalwarts of the folk club at the time and um, they used to do you know just look after everything and, and whatever and uh, Graham used to try and do the sound but he didn't really have much idea and um, it, it was that's Graham it's a Graham thing it? really, yeah. <laughs> um, lovely guy you know and uh, but but I he used to, you know I said, well, you know, I'll try and do it, you know, I'll try and, do it. and I sort of got into doing stuff like that, and then I sort of bought my own, got a bank loan, got my own PA, uh, whatever, and um, and it sort of went from there, and and I was really, really keen on it, it was just like, really got stuck in, and sort of went from there, and then I 
sort of upgraded some of my stuff and ended up with an Electro Voice rig and it was like, wow, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, folk's a really good mm. thing to start with because yeah. it is, it's the bedrock of kind of music really, isn't it? In some ways, it's, you know, folk comes from storytelling and small communities, uh, you know, mm. telling kind of stories and, it, and, and it's <clears throat> largely kind of acoustic, but it can be <laughs> amplified. And um, so that was probably a good way to start. It's a real struggle. Folk is some of the hardest things to do. Yeah, well, you've got to l- know how to mic up some of those acoustic instruments like barans and, 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 and be subtle about it. You don't want to like, you know, with rock, you can just wang it and really nice and loud, and everyone's happy. And let the power take drum, it. Yeah, yeah. squealy solo. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, the um, it, it, it was a good bedrock, as you put it. Um, I didn't know that at the time, you know. But and, and you get, you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry turning up with a, some instrument they've got out of their grandpa's loft, held together with a piece of string, and you're supposed to make it sound good. You know, it sounds good if you're sat in the corner, you know, tinkling away to your mates. But then suddenly we got fifty people having a pint, and you've got to try and get it over the top of that. And yeah. And like, turn it up. Okay. So you were talking about. Um, how it's kind of grown for you and that music week kind of uh, developed your interest and starting off with looking at small PAs and growing and then uh, working with the folk club and learning your craft, learning how to mic up particular instruments and and, and that. Um, when did you decide that this was going to be your career in some ways and this is what you wanted to do? When I was 12. Really? Wow, yes. that early. Well, I never decided I wanted to be anything else. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know, sort of going back to that, I, I, I sort of did that little bit, and then you know, while we were at school, you used, used to go to all the school gigs, and and um, we played with Fred Bear once. I remember Peter, Peter wouldn't wouldn't let us use his bass amp. <laughs> oh God, he, he had one of them new orange ones. Ooh. That was an original orange when it was first made, and then I uh, oh, don't blame him. I wouldn't have let us no. use it either. <laughs> and um, but uh, but it was sort of. I then, um, I was 74, 75 when I, I was kicked out of school, the, um, well I wasn't actually, I left, but uh, I might as well kick me out because mm. I didn't. It sounds better. Do, well he does. Yeah, it's it's a rock and roll, yeah. yeah it's a local right. rock star being kicked yeah, out of school. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, went to, I, I went to college because um, I didn't pass any of my exams. Um, but my parents managed to blag me a place at Jersey College and, uh, and so I, I went there and trained as a chef. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a chef by trade, and over the next sort of four or five years of being three three years at college and working in between and coming back here and whatever, um, I was catering and cooking and things like that with an idea to taking over the family business mm-hmm. when we eventually, you know, when that was a, a thing. It, that never materialised anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, but then I had um, in '82 or it wasn't '82, it was 1980. I had a very bad motorcycle accident oh. and. Um, I couldn't work for a year. It was uh, it was it was very bad. It was kiss of life, um, fractured skull, fractured leg, fractured all sorts of things. Wow. Couldn't use my arm what for happened? a year. Oh God! Yeah, like no guitar. No, well, no. It, uh, <laughs> my arm. Uh, it, for those of you watching in black and white, my, if I held my arm out like that and let go, it would mm. just do that. No. I could move it from the elbow, but not from the shoulder. So I could put my arm. A rotator cuff injury. Really. Mm. Okay, <laughs> we didn't call it that then at the time. No, we a, said it's, it's footy. Fuck shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could put my hand on the fretboard yeah. and I could go up. 
then I'd have to take my other hand and push it back down again. <laughs> so it's like, oh, ah, it's I could do amazing on the way up, but yeah. on the way down, it took a little bit of time. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I, 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 I couldn't go back to catering. And um, so I thought, ooh, what am I going to do now then? And uh, my parents, you know, um, bless them, decided that uh, um, you need to go and get a proper job. We're fed up of uh, looking after you. And um, so I thought, oh, I'm going to go and give you char lessons. They said, that's not a proper job. <laughs> go and find yourself a flat. <laughs> so uh, so I did, did. and uh, sort of went from there. And I started teaching from my flat opposite London House oh. in uh, around about 82, I think it was. Okay. And then I moved to Daryl's Music House. Uh, when that started in the shrottery and um, this sort of got me in to do the teaching in the shop and uh, then I moved around the corner to my own place when the, the shop could stand on its own two feet and, uh, and I moved around the corner um, next door to Cochrane's Dance Centre and, uh, and I had a, I was in there for ages before they decided to knock the shrottery down and turn it into all those houses and flats and things like that. But then I went round to Lloyd Hellier's place <laughs> and uh, stayed in his parents' granny wing for nine years. And then moved were you to... Teaching, were you teaching the brothers guitar at that I, time? It's funny you should mention that, actually. <laughs> I, I did teach both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, what, what's, what went on in um, Lloyd's granny wing stays in Lloyd's granny wing. <laughs> oh, very interesting. That sounds like a, a separate secret. <laughs> yeah, they were great fun, and, uh, and uh, they, they were both really good students at the time. Oh, how they've uh, changed. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that either of them play much at the moment. You know. No, I don't think. I don't think they've got well, any plans. Things made the sound and lighting. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, it, but, but now that I know they know how to play, there's no excuses for the next unplugged. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or, or the jam night as well. Yeah. Or the jam night. Yeah. 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 Mark said you guys play. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, give them a go. Yeah. Do you start off the Market Square yeah. kind of gigs and things yeah. like that? So, what? When did you get into that, and how did that grow? Yeah. Uh, the the Market Rock was um, my instigation. They they somebody rang me up and said, "Mark, can um, can you do some liberation? We'd like to do some liberation day." I said, "Yeah, it'd be great." He said, um, "He said, yeah, you can do it down at the bathing pools. You know, just let us know what you need." I said, I wouldn't do down the bathing pools. He said, well, uh, that's where we've had it. I said, no, you're doing down the bathing pools. Why are you doing down the bathing pools? It's Liberation Day. Mm. You should be doing it in town. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, I don't know. You know, it's all that horrible music. We put it down the bathing pools. I said, so, <laughs> so it's not Liberation Day for anybody that likes that music. It's only Liberation Day for old people that were here during the war. And they said, no, no, it's Liberation Day for everybody. I said, well, in that case, I said, I'll do it for you. I said, I'll only do it if it's in Market Square. Nice. I said because I said it needs to be encompassing things. I said, yeah. I, I, you know, I said I know it's not sometimes music that everyone wants to hear, but if you you want to do something for the young people, I said it's got to be accessible. It, it's got to be accessible, but it's also got to be where everybody else is doing it. I said if you do it in Market Square, apart from the fact we now have a venue, which feels like a venue it, I mean not that it's not that it's good for a venue it isn't but it's better than being sat on a pier or being down at down at uh, there you know in a big open space and there yeah. there is no so you've got 50 people over there and then there's 50 people over there I said you in the market square you know it's in it, concentrated it, isn't it it's concentrated mm. and that, that's it so uh, I went to a meeting with um, the Liberation Day committee when we used to have one 
which was headed by Joyce Cook. And she said, right, Mr. Gill, um, tell us your thoughts. And I so basically said, what I want. I said, I said, you know, you're, you're shoveling all these people down there by the bathing pools to make their racket so it doesn't upset anybody else's Liberation Day. I said, that, to me, Liberation Day is for everybody. I said, I've done a little bit of research and I think if you put it in the market square, it will be in town, people will feel all welcome and encompassed, it'll be the same as everybody else, mm. but at the same time, it's not going to impact on stuff that's happening on the pier or the front front. And she said, Mark, I think that's a fantastic idea. David sorted out. <laughs> and David was David Savadon, who was um, the committee secretariat. Um, and uh, I, 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 I never had to do anything else. Then I just, just go discuss it with David. And you go, blah, blah, blah. I said, what about this? You know, he said, okay, that'll be fine, Mark. I said, do we approve the committee? He said, I'll make sure the committee understand. <laughs> and, and, and if I... I, I, it was a, so did they give you a budget? Budget? I, I didn't. Did I have a budget? I think I'm sure you like the stages yeah, and, oh, and, oh, yeah, or yeah, even licences and things like this. Licences haven't been invented. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason they have licences now is so they can stop you doing things. Yeah, that's um, true. You know? And the. the um, I'll tell you another one in a minute. <laughs> Remind me. <laughs> but um, I, did, I, I really can't. Um, I don't remember having a budget. Mm. Um, anyway, so I, I started doing it, and it's raring. It's absolutely fantastic. It was absolutely. Have you seen any of the pictures? This is one that comes yeah, up. Yeah. There's one that comes up in 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 particular, and um, it's just when I see it again, I'm tagging it. But because we had such a great time, and I used to put on. It was all local bands, and, mm -hmm. and all, all local bands, and we did all sorts of things. And this was. I say 89, 90, 89, 90, something like that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I went through till, till 95, and I don't have regrets as such. You know, so I'm quite happy with my life and everything's good, so I have no regrets. But if there was one... <laughs> <laughs> Let's imagine, listener, that there if, was a regret. If, if, <laughs> if I was allowed to have a regret in, uh, in my fantastic life, was the fact that in 1995, for the Queen's Jubilee year, I thought, right, we, there was, we're doing something special, everybody's doing something special. I said, right, right, we're doing something special. All right. Pete Frampton's English band, Pete, great, Guernseyman, export, whatever, so I thought, I'll bring this English band over, we'll have the English version of the Escape Committee, um, which were monstrous at the time. And, uh, and I'll put them on with all the local bands on the card and whatever, and we did it and we did it. And it was such a phenomenal success. I had 3,000 people in Market Square. Wow, good grief. Yeah. How'd you fit 3,000 people in that square? That's... Exactly. <laughs> all right, and the, the, the thing was, the, um, the fireworks, I remember this vividly. It's it one of those moments. The fireworks went off at 10. And then suddenly about a thousand people went that way oh. and you saw that. I, I, I thought, right, ten minutes later, there's another thousand people coming back when the fireworks had finished and I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, wow. Anyway, the, the sort of, it, it really was the next morning. Um, I sort of thought, oh, I don't think I can, I can't top that. I really can't top that. I thought, so what I'll do, I'll, I'll let somebody else have a go. So, Go out with a bang. Yeah, I thought, you know, quick, quick, quick while you're ahead, you know, quick, quick while you're ahead, and, and that's it. And um, I wish I'd never done it because uh, it, it, 
then there was it was in the doldrums. So you wish that you never stopped. Yes, because and you stopped because you felt that was the height of it, and yeah. 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 I, I, I sort of thought this is good. This is great. I, you know, I, I, I can't top that next year. We were trying to get better, better, whatever. But if I let somebody else do it, then they can do it with their own ideas and things mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, uh, somebody took it on and they did it for a couple of years. And of course, it, 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 it was just a pale thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know really why that was. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm not, it's not because I wasn't doing it. I don't do just. They just. They were just, just beat it out. Mm. They, they were they, they were just some people sort of turning up on the day and setting up some speakers and doing it. There was there was there was nothing much going on. Yeah. So then you built up uh, your um, obviously your student base and you built up your collection of PAs and things like this. And um, when did you really start like diversifying and actually? So you, you talked about the uh, Market Square gigs, but you've not just done the Market Square gigs. You're involved with Sark Folk Festival and now obviously the Sark Summer Festival as well. You see mine? So I'm looking hoodie. at your hoodie right yeah, now. I've got really nice my hoodie, my, my Sark Summer Festival yeah. hoodie at the microphone. Yeah. And a lovely t-shirt as well. And a lovely t-shirt, yeah. yeah. That's right. Dead wing t-shirt. Yeah. Is it dead brunt? Oh no, dead wing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, after I started off at the folk club sort of trying to play there, that was, that was sort of almost uh, my first adult gig, if you like, and um, I, I, I was teaching, I used to spend a lot of time at the nurses' home, and the, the thing was that um, one of the male nurses... Um, his name was Tony. Wanted to play guitar, and, uh, and I showed him to play. And within two weeks, he was playing with me. And we went. So where can we go? And we need to do a gig. So I said, Well, we'll go down the folk club. So I took him down the folk club, and we went down, did some Neil Young, and they all had their fingers in their ears, sort of going, "Yummy, nonny, nonny." And then it was, it was, it was like, "Oh, it's great having you people here doing some new stuff." And uh, and and it sort of went from there. And then I ended up helping out the folk club with sound and, and all that sort of thing. And then. Um, a couple of years later, we ended up doing a huge gig on on the Crown Pier with the Dubliners. And did the PA for that and, and things like that, and that was that must have been good fun. That was great fun. Yeah, yeah. they were brilliant musicians. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And, and uh, when, whenever you see, uh, say, the Dubliners, you know, they look like they're quite old. That's because they are. <laughs> yeah. They're like fantastic musicians, but, but but they don't move very hard. And you know, there was there was one gentleman, and he was the fiddle player. We couldn't get him on the stage. He was only had three steps, and uh, I think we had to, you know, we had to almost yeah. carry him on. And 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 it was like I think we should get an ambulance. You know, we should get an ambulance. He's not going to last. And, and we, 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 sat, we sat him on this chair. You know, and he's probably still going now. But we sat him on this chair on the stage and and, and put his fiddle by him. And he had about three or four pints of Guinness lined up on his chair, and he kept drinking them. <laughs> it was just what you do, you know. <laughs> and then the, the, the boys were going through their set, and we were thinking, like, what is he going to do? And then suddenly he picked up this fiddle, and he came alive, and he was yeah. like, wow, and it was like, wow, it was great. And then the fiddle part was over, and he put it down, <laughs> drink another pint of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It was I think it's still our tour. I remember my dad yeah. saw a couple of years ago, and he said that for a band. Like that, they were incredible. Yeah. I'd love to go and see them live. It's oh. such, yeah. Mm. It was. So it is that. Must be a different generation now, though. Surely it's kind of like it's, the sons yeah, of the Dubliners. Like, no, they're all like me. <laughs> all old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, they looked old when they were thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I heard um, on Wednesday night, Lip Fest brought over a girl, uh, Lady Peggy Seeger, mm. yeah, oh, yeah. who yeah. and she was eighty-five. Mm. I was working the bar in St James, and her voice was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And at eighty-five, I was like, oh my God, if I could get up on stage and mm-hmm. perform like that mm-hmm. at that age, mm-hmm. then 
That's, um, that's, that's cool. great. It's <laughs> impressive. There's no age limit. The the Dubliners brought their mates to do the sound with them, and I I'd, I'd set it up with the, with the help of um, my dear friend and mentor Alfie Barton, and he he, he told me you need this, that, and the other, and, and so I I put this all together, and. This guy turned up and and he he said he said I don't know what I'm doing. I said you know, I said you, you're doing the sound for them. Yeah. He said I, I normally do the Royal Philharmonic Dublin Orchestra. He said I don't know what to do with these blokes. He said you know help me out and I'm going like help you out. <laughs> and but he was lovely and he said he said he said yeah give me a bit more of this a bit more of that. He said he said the boys want me to do it. He said so they got someone to shout at you know and and it's a band thing. Yeah. If your mate is there looking after your corner even if he's a complete idiot he's still looking after your mm. corner yeah, yeah. and 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 this guy wasn't he was a lovely man um, and he said yeah no, give me a bit more of this a bit more of that and the first thing he said can you get those bass bins off the floor and that was a challenge because that was the vengeance big boys vengeance pa and it, it took four of us to pick them up <laughs> let alone put them on top of the rubbish bins that he wanted them you know so um, to get them four feet off well. anyway we managed it but, uh, but yeah, so that that, that was that was, that was the first of the the big gigs, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was fantastic. Uh, but the, the other the other sort of sort of gigs, um, it, after I, I, I sort of got a bank loan and got my first little H and HPA in about about uh, eighty two eighty three, um, I then upgraded it with some electro voice speakers, and it was like, oh my god! You know, it's like you know, when you have your anorak on and you listen to them, you go, oh yes, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then I got another two, and um, I was doing stuff uh, at the Deep End, which is the Cobra Bay Hotel at the time, yeah. looking after you know my own band, which was um, no idea, and then um, other bands as well. And I started doing a lot of work with the Risk. Oh, yeah. And the risk said, "Oh, well, you do PA for your band, you do PA for our band." And I had loads of fun with the risk. I, you know, the, the risks back catalogue is just etched in my mind. Uh, it's f- fantastic memories of, of of that and the antics that Mark Guy used to get up. Did anybody tell you about? Um, I was I was doing it, it, the deep end. It was difficult to see what was going on and whatever. And and also the gigs were absolutely rammed. So, Martin Gallagher's on stage, load of people, load of punters, mosh pit, all the thing. Even though we didn't know what a mosh pit was in those days, that was just a gig. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and I, I suddenly I heard. I thought, what's happened? And I thought there's something wrong with the drummer. Something wrong with the drummer. It was completely out of time. And whatever. <laughs> and I. Th- it's really weird, but the song kept going and everything kept going, and I couldn't understand a word of it. Anyway, next thing I know, it's like four pallbearers carrying this bloke out <laughs> through, through. You know, it was like the, the Red Sea and the parting, and they and they carried this bloke out. And I said, "What's happening?" He said, "He got a bit too close to Hillbill." I said, "What?" He said, "Well, he was whizzing the mic round, <gasps> and he hit him under the chin. And he's laid him out." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I, I kid you not. That and, is amazing. Oh, I'd love to see that. The next week, or the next gig, I, I think, I always thought it was the next week, but it was the next gig, he came down and said, I'm really sorry about your mic the other day, because the mic's got a big dent in it, as has the bloke, <laughs> who's still outside recovering. The next time he came round, he'd given up sort of lassoing it, the mic, and he decided to do it around his head. So he was doing it around his head, the mic flew off and ran across, went straight across the room and embedded itself in the wall. <laughs> the third week he came down with a load of gaffer tape and said, 
I'm going to use my own mic. Yes. I'm fed up Reagan yours, and I'll gather tape it on. I'm not like, modifying my behaviour. No, 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 no way. <laughs> I'm adapting the equipment. Mark would never modify his behaviour exactly. on anyone's account. Like, Woody right. was telling me that he's got a specific mo- uh, microphone for Mark that he keeps on his dashboard. Right, yeah. Because there was at one point he took the microphone and shoved it down the back of his pants, uh, down the crack of his bum. <laughs> and he said, if anyone else is going to put their lips on that, they're, they're, they're going to have a shock. You know? so, yeah, I have a spray for that. <laughs> oh. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> we've been firm, firm, we've been firm friends ever since. But I, I also ended up doing more with um, Nemesis, and this is how the, the PA sort of evolved. Yeah. Evolved. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was doing stuff with Nemesis, but Brent Harrison turned up on my doorstep, and um, he knocked on the door, and he said, um, "I've got the hair, I've got the attitude, I've got the bass. I'm in a rock band." He said, "You need to show me how to play it." Come on, and 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 he did, you know. I mean, he, he, he just really had a, um, he had everything else, and I showed him how to play it, and, and I said, I said, the, the jam. I said, he's got loads of great bass stuff in. Learn to play some jam songs, and you'll get a good old handle for it. Absolutely. And then you can apply it to your own stuff. They were writing their own stuff. So how do you write your own stuff? I said, I don't know. You do the writing. Do it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that was it. So so. We started doing that, and he said, "Like now, you need to come." And, you know, now I'm in the band. The band's called Nemesis, and 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 Danny's in it, and um, and Zach's in it, and right, we need you. We're going to do. We got a gig, and um, you know you need to come and do the sound for us. So I sort of started doing PA for other people. Okay. Right? And then we went on tour. Uh, we did three tours. The first tour was, um, the the No Idea tour. No, the No Idea was the band I was in, and um, we we did a UK tour. Um, which consisted of um, the Weymouth Arms, <laughs> the pub down the road from the Weymouth Arms, <laughs> and I think it might have been the pub up the road from the Weymouth Arms, <laughs> and the Weymouth Arms again, because we liked the Bishop's Tipple, which was just a fantastic booze. And I, I, I sort of went there. And I, and then, I love those those Guernsey Band UK tours. I'm always there, aren't they? Like, no, sorry, like, going on tour. <clears throat> oh, brilliant. How many dates are you doing? Three? <laughs> yes. They're all on the same day. Yeah. I slipped up and I try not to say it, but well, the, this weekend I was in the pub, I was like, oh, what's happening this week? Oh, we're just popping off for a talk. People say it, it's not a talk. And you go, well, where are you going to? Well, we're doing Suck and then we're doing Jersey and then we're coming home. <laughs> <laughs> it's and not a talk. Yeah. That's just a couple of gigs on like yeah. my sister island. <laughs> it's more of a cruise. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, um, my dear friend Bryn used to be incensed that we played the Cobra Balcony and Nemesis weren't allowed to play the Cobra Balcony because they were, they were, they were too heavy yeah. at the time. And yeah. So he started the Varzon Balcony and we were doing stuff there and I would do sound for that and Todd would do sound for that as well. And um, But Bryn was also incensed we'd been on tour. So <laughs> they sorted out a Nemesis tour. I don't remember much about the first Nemesis tour. And um, we went over to England and did a few dates and whatever. But then when we did the second Nemesis tour, um, this was really good because I mean the, the band were really on the top of their game. They had their, their album out, the Smaller Die was out, and and they were doing all this stuff, and it was really really great. If you like that sort of thing, it was you like power metal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah it's exactly. And we went up and down the UK Ooh. sometimes on the same day, Ooh. and uh, I think it was Darren drummer, mm-hmm. no sense of direction whatsoever, <laughs> but he was booking the dates, and it was sort of like Newcastle, Weymouth. <laughs> and I, we, I took my van I had an old post office Sherpa van and Bryn had his old transit and um, 
we were hurtling up and then we were hurtling back down again and it, it wasn't quite that extreme but uh, but the, the the last one um we ended up at a place called the broken doll which was a dire pub in newcastle um full of some great people you know the pub was you know i remember saying like we is there a bit of a hotel around he said we've got a bit of hotel a bit of a hotel upstairs <laughs> we went up I don't know which bit they thought was <laughs> <laughs> a tip. I mean, really, there was a few old bedsteads, mm-hmm. a few red lights. <laughs> <laughs> Between us, we made a place to sweat. <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, the, I remember uh, uh, the toilet. It was just oh, oh. god. Oh. Anyway, the, the, the gig was fantastic. We were great. And then they said, "Where are you playing? We're playing tomorrow. We we'll come see you tomorrow." I said, "We're at Smudges." They said, where's Smudges? It's not in Newcastle. We know Smudges nightclub. He said, I, I think it's by Sunderland. And they go, oh, they mentioned Sunderland in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it's like, oh. Um, you know, and somebody said, I know Smudges. He said, that's owned by the hardest family in Sunderland. And we're like, huh. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Gansy folk that we've don't. We've got on, you know. Uh, so we went there, and it was. And it, it, it was a, it was a, it was a nightclub. It was a private nightclub round the back of some building estate, and there was no one there. No one used to get there at the time. The pubs um, used to shut at eleven. I know it's hard to believe, mm-hmm. but uh, quarter to eleven. No, there was last orders, and, mm-hmm. and there was time in England. I think you could drink up for a half an hour. But mm-hmm. well, we just been to Jersey, and it's. Yeah. Yeah, unless you got a license it's still 11 oh really yeah. Yeah. Oh, pubs, huh? oh, yeah. well, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. terrible I ain't going there sure <laughs> the, the, so we set up in this nightclub and um, and we went through to see the, the, the management and it was like a, something out of um, I don't know what movie <laughs> do you think that um, you were saying earlier how like you, you, you didn't go in you, you would sit at the back of the room and just watch the gigs I didn't finish what I was saying welcome to going to your right. podcast yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a great time what were you going to say what was the question I, I was saying if you thought that, that it felt more natural being, being behind the desk and being in sound mm-hmm. that from that bit of sort of sitting and watching the bands and stuff that was like you felt like that place was really you could seal the bands yeah. or behind the desk, but it, it yeah. sort of fitted. That's a behind the scenes. It's a great question, that. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a great question. They, 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 when in in the seventies, at the Savoy Hotel, Paul Burtwistle was the was the manager, and he used to bring over a band on a month's contract, be an English band, um, various bands, um, and they were uh, and they a month contract, and we used to go then see them the first night that they were over because they'd come over on the sea link okay so they had four hours on the boat and they'd normally been enjoying the hospitality on the boat <laughs> so when you saw them the first night because they'd get here you know at, at, at sort of lunchtime middle of the afternoon or whatever they'd have to set up and play normally they're all completely three sheets of the wind mm. or their sound engineers anyway and so we used to go and see them the first night, because that was always the exciting one. You'd find out if they're any good, mm. how pissed they were, and it, where we were going to be going for the next month. Mm-hmm. And and so that was it. And I, I saw bands like um, uh, Moving Fingers, one I can remember, Kipper, Kettle, and I can't think of any more at the moment. But you you watch them, and they were great because they were from England, and mm. they were all exotic. really good. Mm. And that's <laughs> what we were, we were saying a little bit before. Um, you know about uh, actually no it wasn't it was what you were saying on one of your earlier 
or later pods, pods depending yeah. on when people listen depending to depending on when this one is yeah and um but it, it was it was that 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 sort of um exposure to musicians that you don't normally see all the time you yeah. see someone's doing something different mm. you think like that oh one bloke he could flick his plectrum from behind his right hand side and catch it up there hey wow. in that's the middle of his solo wow <laughs> I don't know. showmanship oh, it might have been it might have been Pure luck. It might have been, <laughs> I know you used to do it all the time. It might have been the fact that my eyesight wasn't that good even then, and he wasn't doing it. He just pretended. Yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing in my hand. Just, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> He's gullible. <laughs> you know that, that was it. But but standing there and watching, and I used to watch everything. Mm. And I don't think, in answer to your, to your question, which surprises me that I still remember, but I don't think that's why I do sound now. Um, because I wanted to sort of be at the back and, and, and sort of out of the way. I'm not bothered about that. You know, mm. I stand at the front when I'm doing the balcony and I've had head honcho written on the back of my T-shirt. You know, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not um, shrinking violet in that department. The whole sound thing was just nobody else was doing it. So it's just what... And it was driving me mad yeah. at, the, at, the, at the folk club. Um, you know, Dear Graham was trying to do it, but he just really didn't have a handle on it. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, and because I, 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 was, I was a lot younger and more technically aware, not not particularly technically aware, but more aware than him. Um, I said, well, I said, actually, you should put one of them graphic equalizers in there. And he's like, well, we've got one, it's got five bands. Mm. I said, you know, you should have one with 31. Why? You know? <laughs> I, said, I said, because I can go, there you go, that feedback's gone. Yeah. But the artist is still there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. You, the, the thing is, is that you, the, the, somebody getting into doing sound now, whatever, they don't have that training. Mm. I think you, mm -hmm. Graham, was saying earlier about um, uh, you know, the folk instruments and all this sort of thing being, being a real challenge, and you're absolutely right, and they still are now. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, you have all these different frequencies in sound, and um, some of them are louder than others. Mm. Not always the ones you want to hear. Mm. Yeah. Right? And, and if you have a, a graphic equalizer with five bands on it, like you have in your car, you change the bass, middle, and treble, and a couple of other things. Mm -hmm. But if you want to change one particular frequency, you can't. Yeah, you're changing them all. So you're either completely knocking out the sound, yeah, or, or boosting it or cutting it or whatever. When you have a 31 band graphic equalizer, you can sit there and faff around with it to your heart's content. Mm -hmm. And then when you find out what it does now on a digital board, which because we all use digital stuff, yeah. it's easy. But it's not easy to learn that on a digital board. Although it is actually is. It's visually easy to see it. Yeah. It must have freed you up loads and the introduction of um, uh, tablets doing sound because it makes you so much more mobile. You're not stuck behind a, yeah. a desk. Uh, you can go up, up on the stage and you can move. Yeah. So the technology you've seen develop. Um, I, I, I have a very simple um, creed to do when I do the sound. It's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Friends of mine spend their whole time buried in their digital desks, tweaking every parameter Absolutely. that's possible. Mm -hmm. And um, and sometimes come out with some fantastic noises. I never wanted to do that, you know? And um, it's like, your studio album may be fantastic. I would much rather listen to you live. Mm. And mm. I don't listen to anybody's album. Mm. I'll buy your album, and I'll make sure I'll buy your album. Um, but I wouldn't listen to it. I have a pile of them. every. Guernsey album that I've ever seen or been to whatever I bought there there's a shelf in the bunker I'm not going to listen to him I, I, I'll listen to you when you play live because that 
I'm not really interested in what you can do after spending 15 weeks, eight hours a day behind a mixing desk with your engineer. Mm. I want to hear what you can do now. Ready? Mm. Go. Yeah. It doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't, I don't um, mean to belittle what, you you know, your your, your thing, whatever, but it's like, this the live bit that works for me. Yeah, that, that's what you're interested in. Yeah, absolutely. That that's come across in everything that you've said about your your first involvement with uh, music and teaching guitar and basically running PA systems and things like that. And um, I just wondered if you wanted to say a little bit about the Summer Sark Festival, which is coming up sixth to the eighth of July. Yeah, yeah. Still tickets for sale. Is it? Are they really? Oh, well, that's great. <laughs> I, was say, I hope there is. I hope there isn't soon. You know, um, it's great. It, it's I love doing stuff at Sark. It's just such good fun. I mean, I, I did Sark Folk Festival for the first six years, and that was really great fun. Um, the, but before that, we did stuff in Sark, and I have so many friends in Sark that I have no idea what their names are. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you, you sort of think, oh, hello, and it's all so and so. It's a special place. It is. A, yeah. It's a very special place. And um, you know, I, I, you know, they, they've. I, long before I did any of that, I used to go over and, and play guitar in Sark at Stocks before yeah. Stocks was what it is now. And um, they they sent said, oh, one day said, can, "Can you come over and do um, this gig?" I said, "Yeah, okay." Um, I said, "Well, I can't get the boat. I can't get the ferry at the proper time." I said, "All right, what's the, what's, what?" He said, "I'll charter a boat for you." I said, "That's, that's very kind of you." <laughs> you know, go down the end of the um, the, the pier at uh, at seven thirty, and there'll be one there. Just someone with a little dinghy and a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a sort of sense to Sark because it being so community-based as well. When you do go over and you play, there's a real... there's People go out their way. Yeah. And they'll go out their there's way to treat you. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and it's... And, you know, there's, yeah. there's not much that goes on all year round as well. There's probably a lot as well, but it's, it's a small mm. island. And, yeah. But you really get that feel. Mm. And there's something really special. And... It is always. I mean, what happens on Stark stays on Stark. But <laughs> I it like is Granny Wing. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. We can say what we like on this podcast, but a few things which are off limits to everybody, <laughs> and that's just musicians' rules <laughs> and should be kept. Mm. The 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 Sark Summer Festival has come about, you know, because uh, the the Sark Folk Festival has been tremendously. Uh, made a tremendous difference to the whole, the whole Sark infrastructure over the last yeah. few years and whatever and um, when, when it wasn't going to happen I thought well I, I'm going to put something on then and um, I went over to a, to a meeting there was a meeting in the Bel Air as there always is <laughs> and, um, and uh, I thought well, I said, really I thought I've got all the stuff I know how to do it I just need someone to do it you know, whatever and I, and, I, and I bumped into Simon Cauldridge who, who'd done a lot of research as well I thought I just need someone with the venue. He said, oh, "I've got the venue." He said, "I've got the plans," and he went through all the stuff. I thought, right out. I'll do the music bit. You, you do the rest of it. That's great. Fantastic. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, so we're really looking forward to it. You know, yeah. the um, there's all sorts of stuff going on. What was your sort of approach when like doing it? Were you thinking, "Oh, I want to do something similar to the Start Fit Festival," or just do your own thing? And yeah, yeah. I, I just want to. I just want to do a festival. Yeah, I, cool. I, you know, whatever. Um, the, 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 it's, it's an opportunity. Um, I see it to to to. Um, to lose the F word. You know, <laughs> just lose we have some folk yeah. in the Sark Summer Festival. We have lots of other stuff as well. Yeah. There's a real rich mix of artists playing. Which exactly. Is great, yeah. Exactly. We, we, we sort of said, we, we want some folk, and, and I, you know, I 
done lots of folk and whatever. There's some folk, there's some country, there's um, some, some there's a lot of ska as well, yeah. you know, and um, mm, good yeah, party yeah. dance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dances. There's are having a party in Sark. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah. and, and and that's it. The um, with with the the, the Sark folk festival. You know, the, the, it sort of comes alive the last couple of bands yeah. you know, over the years. Um, you know, some of, lots of the other bands are they're great, they're super, and it's a real discerning audience, a real listening audience, mm. and whatever. And I thought, I just want a party. Yeah. You know, I just want a party. We, yeah, there are we, there are elements and there are places. The Secret Garden. Mm. I don't know if you know where the Secret Garden is. Yeah. No, no one's told me. Oh, well, there you go. It's a surprise. Um, but, but, <laughs> it's a secret. But it's a secret garden. I think it'll be yoga. Yoga. <laughs> the secret garden is overlooking the coupe, I think. And, um, oh, I've heard about the secret garden. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, now uh, this makes sense. Yeah. Is it all about There's free love a, there? A little bit of a blackout that suddenly reappeared there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you done in the secret garden? <laughs> Sounds potential. What happens in Sark stays in Sark. What happens in the secret garden? <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, Simon's been working non-stop on it since we started as well, you know, and yeah. he's got all sorts of things, there's kids entertainers and clowns and there's lots of words I don't know about what, what they mean. No, 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 not what clowns are, yeah, 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 yeah. that's why I work with a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, just because, I mean, you've, you've, you've had such a throughput of musicians and potential musicians and... Organisers and things like that. What really gets your goat? What's what what's what really mm. wound you up sometimes about people turning up without guitars and strings and people I, not turning up? <laughs> um, I don't really know. Yeah. You know, I, I can't sort of think. Ah, oh, it really bugs me. I uh, lots of things bug me for sometimes seconds. Mm. And you think I mm. don't. And then you just if I can't do anything show. about it, I can't do anything about it. There's not much point bothering about it, mm. you know. And, and yeah. that, that's, that's sort of been my attitude to most things, really. And I'm sort of like, you know, I have no money. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> Forget mm. about it. Sorry, yeah. you know? or, or, or whatever, you know. There's they're sort of um, I, I've not been a warrior um, or or things like that. And if you know somebody turns up and uh, you know hasn't got something or whatever, if I've got it. Often I've got it in the van, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, so, I mean, I'm going to Alderney in, in a couple of weeks' time for the Alderney uh, Arts Festival. Mm. That's great fun. Um, I used to sort of load up a container. I, I, I had a word with. It. I said it'd be so much easier if I just take my van because the amount of junk I have in my van <laughs> underneath the front seat and, and on the bit that goes over the top, which I never use until someone yes, needs it. Yesterday, yeah. the keyboard player said, "You haven't got a bit of wood, have you?" <laughs> He said, yeah, I need to go, well, it's about, about that long, about that. I went in the van. Said, that's great. I said, yeah. I said, uh, that's great, but have you got, a, a, have you got that in Fender? Yeah. <laughs> Just get your Sharpie out. Yeah. <laughs> right, Fender on it. But, um, but, but, yeah, and I've and seen you do that, and yeah. I've seen you being really, really helpful with people yeah. who've just turned up, they might have a lead or something like sure. that, or they break a string or something. You're always yeah. there with a yeah, fix. Yeah, I, I can, I mean, I've been restringing guitars for nearly 50 years. Mm. You know, it's just, it's, it doesn't take long. No. It's not rocket science. But mm. I mean, some, some people sort of uh, you know, need, to, need to make an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some challenges about especially organising um, PAs and festivals and gigs and things like that. So, some of that logistical side. I did my own Vale Castle thing, oh. Vale Stock, for um, oh, really? about eight years. Okay. Um, in the 90s. And um, 
The first year was really challenging. The second year, I rang up the same people and said, we had a stage light last year, same power as last year, um, can I have the, the, the venue there? And I was bringing the PA. That's it. You know, once... Uh, once you've got it on a place. In, 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 got once you've once, once you yeah. got your initial bits and pieces together, you know, I, you know, it, it's not easy. But at the same time, if you are relatively organised, then you sort of think, right, well, okay, I need, I need the stage, I need the power, I need the lighting, I need the PA. Then I need the bands. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and coming back to a point you made earlier, that you said, remind me about this, I'll tell you. On, licenses. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. licenses. <laughs> What were we saying? Well, you were saying <laughs> you were saying they're using that to to, to stop you from. Doing oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, now you need a license for that. Mm. I think that's what you said. Eh? Of course, you mm. can't just do gig willy nilly or whatever. Mm. I said, need a license for that. I said, yeah, because the reason you need a license for that is so they can take your license away if you're mm. naughty, mm. Um, or somebody complains about you being naughty, um, which is a shame. And um, I was, was doing the um, Cobra Balcony the other day, and. Um, and the phone call, say, oh, we haven't got a license. I said, all right. So tell them it's the same as the last 25 years. <laughs> I said, the PA will be pointing in the same direction. <laughs> it will be making the same noise and the same people will be complaining. <laughs> the same road will be shut and the same people will be dropping their rubbish and the same people will be picking it up later. <laughs> and, um, and she said, and, and I said, the same person will be doing the sound. And she said, oh, that's great, thank you. <laughs> she sent me the licence, so she was very, very helpful. That's so, great. Uh, that's but, um, but yes, there's, there's, there's so much now that we have to deal with. I mean, and some of it's for, for obvious, you know, for good reasons, I'm not saying that, you know, the, the, the health and safety. I'm not a health and safety basher. You know, so some some things are there, and but some of it is frustrating. Yeah, and um, you know, so yeah. But a lot less people are popping their clogs or chopping off fingers and yeah, stuff like that. True. So it's probably a good Not thing we've got a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peter Rex King, mate. As I said, don't talk about what happens inside. Go there for a day, you come back looking two years older. <laughs> That's true. I wonder why you testify, brother. Yes, well, the. the yeah, it's, it's a gig it does the same mm. thing I think it's interesting the, you bring up we brought it up just a bit before but it, it is that thing of um, I think a lot of people that get into organising gigs mm. putting on things uh, not necessarily musicians or who are musicians but sometimes a lot of the time they are musicians and, and things is you really do land into it because you think well, no one's doing it. No one else is doing it. Yeah. So someone's got to do it, and you kind of... And I, I, I really believe in that philosophy as well. I, I kind of... I, there's something that really annoys me with growing up in, in small towns and things, and I think Guernsey can, can feel like that sometimes as well. There's always that thing of, um, oh, nothing ever happens here. A lot but of people say nothing ever happens. I'm, I'm, I'm lies. Yeah, it's a lie. It's it an absolute is. lie. Yeah. It's just, it's just, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's too much happening. If anything, you know, it's like I think people are struggling yeah. almost because the there's not enough audience to be, you know, <laughs> to, to be perfectly honest. Right. You have it. You nailed it in one. Um, the, the people over the years said, "Oh, well, why can't we have um, a heavy metal club? Or let's have a folk club? Or let's have mm. a rock and roll club? Or let's what is it? We don't have enough people." Yeah, the same people that go to the folk club is the same people that go to the heavy metal club. Exactly. It's the same. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's the same group. They just put on a different hat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
But it's interesting. I think that's everywhere. I think that's really... And you do get these really nice communities and, and I think there's these bursts of energy when people like put something on and suddenly you can see that happening. And you've obviously had numerous episodes through the years of putting on these events and everyone's sort of and seeing and you've stayed on course or you've been there from seeing it all kind of happen a little bit when we started off doing stuff um the the the, the boys down at the, the vb down at the Varzon used to call me and Bryn because we started off i said we're going to call it group therapy so, <laughs> and uh, it, it's still called group therapy i don't use it very much but uh, we do group therapy, and but the Varzon boys said they called us the optimistic chaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the optimistic chaps. We're going to do a gig down there. It's going to be great. It's going to be oh, the optimistic chaps again. Yeah, we'll be there, and they would be there. And I said because well, if you build it, people will come. So that wasn't so much there. It was the fact that we were all like, yeah, it's going to be great. Mm. And and what is great is that that there is um you know the the the, the things that that you're doing. Okay, as young people, or some of you being young people, like Greg's enthusiasm is super. And that takes me back to us being the optimistic chaps. And then it's great that, that, that hopefully there's going to be people continuing to do that. Mm. And it is a case of, you know, build it and they will come. They are going to come in their droves. And you'll do it for as long as, until you get oh, yeah. possibly the stage that you think, my back's starting to hurt. My back's starting to hurt, you know. I, I haven't got to that stage yet. It is a strong strength of musicians, I think, in general, over the years. You can see that there's something about it. Um, and the ones that, have, that do it, and do it for years, and still play in bands, and still go back, and, mm-hmm. and they produce a band, and two years later, or even less than that a lot of the time, or something, and they get all their energy, it's all happening, and then the band collapses, and... The difference between what I consider sometimes a real musician and someone who sort of plays is, as soon as that band's over, it's really depressing for all of about half a day and a trip to the pub. <laughs> the day after, you're already working on new material, mm-hmm. you've project. got a new band, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you've got another festival that you're yeah. booking in the lineup. You, 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 you know, you can't, you get hit down constantly. Uh, so, you know, things don't work out and then you've always got to have something on the side, I think. After years of doing it, um, I think the solo things came out, and some people do that a lot, where you can, no matter what, if the band dies, you can still play, and you, you learn these things over, over years, but it's very interesting to see who those people are, and who stayed in it, and who stayed in the game, and you've, you've got to deal with a lot more rejection, I think, than mm-hmm. a lot of people in many jobs don't have that yeah. same yeah. amount it's of... Perseverance is not And out. it is, but there's... Part of that, which is really interesting, and I was discussing it actually yesterday with someone about this, and um, with Nick Dinney, who was oh, on yeah. our show, um, who was um, lovely and put me up, and we were talking about how it's almost like you could want it as well, because that first moment with that band, that first initial six months or whatever, where you're creating a new sound, or there's a new project on the go, or there's a new feel, mm-hmm. is the best six months mm. of the entire band. Because yeah. no and one's hating each gig. other yet. <laughs> everything's fresh. Yeah. Everything's new. And keeping that momentum, that's that's yeah. hard. And keeping that will is... You know, have you ever, ever, ever been to a point where you just thought, F this, <laughs> give it or I'm just packing it in. No. Because I can't. Never. Yeah. It all starts with the gig. Uh, I, I have, um, I have uh, uh, some blurbs that I might post it one time and it says it all starts with the gig and it does I said you know it all starts with the gig if you book the gig 
you now need to think, right, I need a band. I need to be in a band. <laughs> I need to learn to play an instrument. I need to get a job because I need money to buy the instrument to support the other members in the band. <laughs> and, you know, it all starts with the gig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking earlier before you turned up late. But, <laughs> but um, I said, you know, I, sort of, I sort of worked it out some time ago that I've taught about 10,000 people playing guitar over the last 35 years. Now, to me, it's just like, it's a ball passing. Here's the ball, I'll give you the ball, you kick it. I'll show you how to kick it, and you can kick it as far as you like, you can kick it over my head, you can kick it wherever you like, and you can kick it over there if you want. Now, some of the people that, that, have, that have kept kicking it are a constant surprise and blessing. Lord Vapor, the two of my ex-students, you know, mm. they're into it, but I wouldn't have put them down as being Lord Vapor when I was teaching them <laughs> 10 or 15 years ago. You know, they, it's we, amazing yeah, the part we, 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 yeah. we had a great time. We had a great time, uh, you know, in, in the bunker teaching and whatever. Okay. You know, and Joe, you know, I particularly remember Joe um, and the group that Joe was in, you know, because Joe, Joe was, you know, half the size he is now. Yeah. Um, and in all, in all directions, you know, I mean, he was like a, t- a stick insect at one time when I was teaching him. <laughs> wow. And, um, you know, and I was teaching him guitar. I'm pretty sure it was guitar, I think it was bass, but it's great and to see, see you know, the, 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 how they get on. And they came down, they were doing playing my open mic, and it was like, you know, we were all playing, and I'm thinking like, this is great, boys. Oh, this is, this is great. Now, this is not you playing along with me. This is yeah. me trying to play along with you. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and and like, that, that's yeah. a great feeling. You know, that's it's really good. cool. You know, um, called Dami Lars. Mm. Mm. You know, I didn't teach all of them, but, but one of them, and uh, and other people. And like I said about Brynn from the Nems and things like that. And there's, there's loads of people, and you sort of think, well, when they walked in that door, whether they were six or ten or twelve or fifteen, I would have never said, right, that's you. You're going to be doing this, or yeah. you're going to be mm. doing that. You know, and that's great. I Joe mean, Corbin. Yeah. You know, Joe mm. Corbin. I, 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 Joe Corbin. I took on stage. Uh, when we did the last Island Games, because I don't, I can't remember when that was, but I think he was twelve, and um, I took him to meet um, Claptonite, who were uh, Claptonite, who <laughs> were uh, an Eric Clapton tribute band, <laughs> really? which, which wow. we had, which, <laughs> which we had at. Um, uh, at, the, at the doghouse because I, I was the entertainment manager at the doghouse for um, for the first five years. Mm. Anyway, the the um, I said Joe Joe was mad for Clapton at, uh, very early on, and um, I said I'm going to take you to meet him. And so I took him up to the Coba balcony while they were doing their sound check, and I said I can't remember who Eric's real name was. And I said this is uh, this is Joe. I said he's really keen in you know, like, and Joe was um, he knew everything about Clapton at the time he was really into it and, and playing it he was a great player then mm. you know mm. and um, and so the guy said oh here you are Sonny and he, uh, plus play one of my guitars oh, and he on it oh, ripped so off cool. a few solos and he's like my god <laughs> perhaps you should stay and do the gig and not me you know and, um, but I you know and he's you know he's now you know an artist in his own right he's mm, gone on and he's yeah, got yeah. other guitar teachers as well and have taught him loads of other stuff and he's done loads of stuff on his own but it's sort of like when that when that that, uh, that young person man or girl is there and they're either 11 12 or 15 or whatever and mm. you think oh yeah what would you like to play today and they go oh, I'll play this and I say well, I'll show you there you go you never know what they're going to do with it yeah mm-hmm. and I say it's that initial spark that like yeah. starting off point yeah, so yeah. What, what do you want to play today 
unconscious of the time and it, yeah, this this yeah. has been great to talk to you because it, I've, I've had a so real if you're, if you're bored Graham just say I've had a real <laughs> sense uh, I've had a real sense of uh, you almost like uh, scaffolding around the Guernsey music scene and stuff supporting it and facilitating it you're mm. very much a facilitator it's great at all at, at all levels you said you, you, you teach from age five you know and I'm sure that if somebody who was 85 walked in and they wanted to play guitar, you'd give them that ball and see how far that they can kick it. And that's that's great. It's been good to get that overall sort of breadth of what you do and how and, and how you do it. You, you do personify the the optimistic chap. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I never wanted to be any different, you know. Yeah. And if I find myself being different, I punch myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's something I want to uh, plug, uh, and uh, it's just this idea that I've had that. At the end of the show, I think it'd be quite nice to uh, put in uh, submitted music from people that have sent us stuff as like a little ender for the podcast. Oh, so I, I've, I've set up a page on gozygigs.com forward slash submit. Okay. And people can send in a little tune that they've made, no more than like 30 seconds to a minute long. What great And it idea. can be like the, the ending music to the podcast. Oh, so, so it's like an outro music. Yeah, just outro, outro 30 music. 30 seconds. Yes. 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 Of original yeah. you music. Mean you don't like our usual. <laughs> but yeah, if anyone wants to submit some some uh, music, just to stick on the end of it. So you know, write something for it, or just find something you've already got in the bag somewhere. What was um, the address again? Uh, Gonzigigs.com forward slash submit. Very good prompt. Thank you. Very yeah, nice. You managed to get that all out in one place. Well, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 Yeah.